Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. I'm Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with me as we investigate Jesus' favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. We've been pointing out that the Kingdom of God is the central grand theme of the entirety of the Bible. From Genesis onwards to Revelation, God has a kingdom program in progress. God is going to reestablish sound government by sending back to the earth his chosen king, the Messiah. Jesus Christ, who came 2,000 years ago, announced the kingdom of God in advance of its future coming. He urged his followers to pray, Thy kingdom come. Better pray for a time coming on the earth when the affairs of mankind will be ordered in a way which is pleasing to God. This is far from being the case today, as we see the chaos of different nations fighting each other. We have the curse of divorce, of drug-taking, of adultery, of murder, of rape, of incest. These are features of our present civilizations which will be eliminated when Jesus comes back to rule and reign as king on the Davidic throne re-established in Jerusalem. Heaven in the Bible is nowhere the destination of the dying. Jesus did not promise heaven to anybody. The reason for that is simply that the Abrahamic covenant on which Jesus based his gospel covenanted the land, the earth forever. The land is the promise made to Abraham in perpetuity. According to that great covenant established between God and Abraham, in Genesis 12, 13, 15, and Genesis 17, it was to be the land of Canaan, renewed and refreshed by the presence of the Messiah, which was to form the hope of the faithful of all the ages. There are multiple passages of Scripture telling us that it is the earth, refreshed and renewed, which is the objective of our Christian venture. We are journeying towards the great renewed land of Canaan, it's part of this planet, the idea that our objective is to disappear as a disembodied soul to some region in outer space is utterly foreign to the biblical documents. Listen to the words of Proverbs chapter 11 verse 31. Behold, the righteous are going to be recompensed in the land or in the earth. Proverbs 11:31. In Proverbs chapter 12 verse 7 we read, The wicked are overthrown and are not but the house of the righteous shall stand. The righteous, in Proverbs 10.30, shall never be removed, but the wicked will not inherit the land. And again in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, we read that the upright are going to dwell in the land, in the earth, and the perfect will remain in it, but the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors will be rooted out of it. The very same promise is repeated in the book of Isaiah. In chapter 60 we read that the righteous are going to inherit the land forever. And in Isaiah chapter 54, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. They are going to inherit the land forever. In Isaiah 57:13, He that puts his trust in me, God says, will possess the land and inherit my holy mountain. And the phrase holy mountain, of course, is simply an alternative name for the land of Israel, the land of Palestine, as it will be when the righteous inherit it forever and dwell in the land. In Psalm 37, no less than five or six times, the psalmist there promises that the earth will be the permanent possession of the righteous in the future. 
Blessed are the meek, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 37, verse 11. They're going to have the land as their possession. It was precisely that verse which Jesus quoted as he reaffirmed the great land promise and made it now available to the Christians of all the nations. Blessed are the meek, said Jesus in Matthew 5, verse 5, quoting precisely from Psalm 37, 11. The meek are going to have the land as their possession forever. Matthew 5 and verse 5. In Revelation 5 verse 10 we read that the nations are going to be submitted to the rule of the saints and to the rule of Christ. People from all ethnic groups are going to be gathered into one body of priests and kings and they are going to rule as kings upon the earth or in the land. Revelation 5 and verse 10. No wonder then that in Psalm 115 we read that the heaven Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Even in the earliest times after the Bible, the faithful at that time expected to inherit the land. The kind-hearted are going to inherit the land, and the guiltless will be left upon it, but transgressors will be destroyed from off the face of the earth. That was the teaching of Clement, writing in about 97 A.D. A distinguished commentator on the Bible says that the idea of a transference of the perfected kingdom of God into the heavens is actually a modern idea, seeing that according to Paul and the book of Revelation, and he could have added Peter and Christ himself, the seat of the kingdom of God is going to be on the earth. And another commentator adds his voice to the chorus of people protesting against the notion of heaven as the objective of the Christian faith, when he says the earth, not heaven, is the abode of the glorified church. That accords, of course, with Jesus' plain statement that the meek are going to have the earth or the land as their future permanent inheritance. Now, this idea that the earth is going to be the place of blessedness for the faithful in the future is no modern innovation. It accords with the Bible itself and with the earliest Christian writers following the time of the Bible, Listen, for example, to the words of this Christian spokesman writing about 150 A.D. God has promised that there shall be a future possession for all the saints in this same land. And he's referring there in the context to the land of Canaan on this earth. And hence all men everywhere, whether bond or free, who believe in Christ and recognize the truth in his own words and those of his prophets, know that they shall be with him in that land and inherit everlasting and incorruptible good. And a quotation from that early church father, writing around 150 A.D., and subscribing to the idea that the future reward of the saints is to be enjoyed on this planet, in the land of Canaan, renewed by the presence of the Messiah. And here, in addition, is the opinion of another distinguished writer of the 2nd century A.D. He has this to say about the future and the course of events which will lead up to the second coming of Christ and the establishment of the kingdom of God on the earth. He says this, And when the Antichrist will have devastated all things in this world, he will reign for three years and six months, and sit in the temple in Jerusalem. And then the Lord will come from heaven in the clouds, in the glory of the Father, sending this Antichrist and those who follow him into the lake of fire, but bringing in for the righteous the times of the kingdom. That was a quotation from the church father Irenaeus. He goes on to describe the kingdom as that rest, the hallowed seventh day, 
the restoring to Abraham the promised inheritance, in which kingdom the Lord declared that many coming from the east and the west and the south and the north would sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And Irenaeus there was referring to Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11. But note the connection with Abraham. In those days Christians understood very clearly that the inheritance promised to them, the inheritance of the kingdom, was nothing other than the covenant promise of the land and the kingdom made to Abraham and confirmed in Jesus Christ. I wonder if you knew that Christians in the second century objected strongly to the idea that when you die you go to heaven. Here are the words of Irenaeus again, writing about 160 AD. Some, he says, who are reckoned among the orthodox, go beyond God's prearranged plan for exalting the just, and they are ignorant of the methods by which we are to be discipled beforehand for incorruption, and so they entertain wrong opinions. For the heretics, Irenaeus goes on to say, affirm that immediately upon your death you will pass above the heavens. Those persons, therefore, who reject a resurrection affecting the whole man in the future do their best to remove it from the Christian scheme, and they know nothing about God's plan for resurrection. In fact, says Irenaeus, they seem to think that the Lord himself went immediately to heaven the moment he died. But the facts are that for three days Jesus dwelt in the place where the dead were, as Jonah remained three days and three nights in the whale's belly. Matthew 12, verse 40. And David says, Irenaeus goes on, David says when prophesying of Jesus, You have delivered my soul from the nethermost grave. And then on rising the third day, Jesus said to Mary, Don't touch me, I have not yet ascended to my Father. How then, says Irenaeus, must not these men be put to confusion, who maintain that their inner man, leaving the body here, ascends into the super-celestial place? For just as the Lord went away into the midst of the shadow of death, where the souls of the dead were, and afterwards arose in the resurrection, and after the resurrection was taken up into heaven, it's obvious that the souls of his disciples also shall go away first into the invisible place, and there they will remain until the resurrection, awaiting that event, and then receiving their bodies, and rising the whole man in their entirety, just as the Lord rose from the dead. In this way, the Christians will come into the presence of God. And so, as our Master Jesus did not at once take flight to heaven, but awaited the time of the resurrection, so we ought also to await the time of the resurrection. End of quotation from the second century writer Irenaeus, who at that time maintained the standard Christian view that souls do not go to heaven immediately they die. And then speaking of the kingdom of God on the earth in the future, Irenaeus says, the righteous must first receive the promise of the inheritance which God promised to the fathers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, that is, and they must reign in that inheritance when they rise again to behold God in this creation which is renovated. It is just, said Irenaeus, that in that very creation in which the faithful toiled or were afflicted, being tested in every way by suffering, it is just that they should receive the reward of their suffering in that very creation. And in the creation in which they were slain because of their love for God, they should be revived again and reign with Christ in the renewed earth. 
And then listen to the words of Irenaeus as he speaks of the promise of God made to Abraham as being the basis of the Christian covenant. The promise of God to Abraham, says Irenaeus, remains steadfast. And then he quotes Genesis 13:13, For all the earth which you see, I will give to you and your seed forever. And yet he did not receive an inheritance in it, not even a footstep, but was always a stranger and pilgrim there. Acts 7, verse 5. Abraham will receive it at the resurrection of the just. His seed is the church, which receives the adoption to God through the Lord. Now God made the promise of the earth to Abraham and his seed, that is, those who are justified by faith. Neither they nor Abraham now receive an inheritance in it, but they shall receive that inheritance at the resurrection of the just. For God is true and faithful, and on this account he said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land. Matthew 5, verse 5. Irenaeus then goes on to tie all of this in with Daniel chapter 7, where we read in verse 27, The greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the saints, and all nations and tongues and races will serve and obey them. I think you'll see from that lengthy quotation that the second century spokesman for the Christian faith represents the same understanding of the kingdom of God as we've been presenting in this series of programs focusing on the kingdom. If you'd like to investigate this subject further, write to us for our free book on the kingdom of God. Ask us also for an article on the covenant made with Abraham and a tape of the program you've been listening to. Join us again for our continued discussion of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.